So we're starting a, a new series this morning and we're looking at prayers that Jesus said or instructed on, you know, and, and we're starting off with the daddy, I think. We're ta- starting off with the, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the, the Lord's Prayer, you know, we all know it, we, we say it every, every week, we've said it probably hundreds, thousands of times, you know, in our lives. And we're going to just... Uh, dip into it this morning because um, because we're, we're not going to have a, a lot of time to, to, to preach this morning. So I'm just going to pick out a, a few points. I, I would say to you, I, I have preached on the Lord's Prayer before, like a half hour sermon. So so I'm going to highlight a few things this morning. You can go into the, the office or go into online and find it. If you want to get more information on it, you, you can do that. If you keep your Bibles open at the passage that, that Sue's just read for us, I'm just going to go through and highlight a, a few things to, to, to pick out from that. And the, the, first, the first thing is actually the, the context that Jesus tells us to look at when before we start the, the words of the Lord's Prayer, before he starts talking to us about, about what to say when we pray. And he, and he says two things in verse 5 and 6 and verse 7. He says, don't pray for show and don't babble, is, is what he says. Don't, don't babble, don't gabble, don't pray for show. And, you know, this may seem obvious and maybe, maybe it is obvious. But many people have a tendency to, to compare themselves to others and, oh, I don't pray, pray like they pray. I'm, I'm not as good as, at them at, at praying. And, and they think it's a show, it's a, it's a competition, it's, it's a contest. So Jesus says to his disciples, don't pray for show. It's just, you know, it's you and God and don't worry about everybody else. And also... Don't, the word that's probably the most accurate translation is the word vain repetition that you get in the authorised version or the word gabble or, or babble. The, the, the word that's used, used in the Bible is it's the, the Greek word batologest. Batologest. And I suppose my dad would, would translate that into whist, stop your wittering, would be, would be the Scottish translation of that. But it's interesting, this is a, a really well-known Greek word. There was a, there was a, a, a Greek uh, orator of great renown from the, the 4th century BC called Demosthenes, Demosthenes. And he used to stand up and he used to just go for it. A bit like that emperor penguin in the middle. He'd be there with, with all the other orators and and philosophers, and he would stand up and he would just keep on going and going and going. So much so that his mates, and especially his rivals, gave him the nickname Battalos. And Battalos meant the gabbler. The one who just goes on and on and on. And Jesus says to his disciples, just don't do that. They, they, they will have known, some of them, you know, we've heard of this guy Bartos he's a well known guy uh, he does lots of talks lots of writing don't be a babbler don't be a gabbler stop your wittering God knows what you're going to say before you, before you, you say it 
So we don't have to spend ages in, in prayer. And don't do it for show. And then, having set that scene, you know, just you and God behind closed doors. Don't worry about what you say. Don't worry about gabbling. He then goes on to instruct on some of the things that you can say. And I don't really think that Jesus was saying, these are the words that you must use every time you talk to God. He's more picking out the, the conditions and the, the ideas, the principles behind it. So it starts off with verse 9, doesn't it? Our Father who art in heaven, depending on what translation, how old you are. And as I was looking at this, something that popped out a bit different for me. It's when I was looking at who art in heaven, what it actually says in the Greek once again. It's actually a better translation, which is slightly surprising me, is you know, our Father who is in the heavens. And that's a very minor difference, but, but the difference is uh, it's not actually where God is more than who he is. It's like when Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 7, our citizenship is in the spiritual realm of the heavens. God is in the spiritual heavenly realms. It's not that he's in a physical place, he's in a spiritual place, he's in the heavens. It's when we're talking to this person, remember who he is, his power, his place. He's in the heavens, he's in the spiritual realms, as opposed to just he's way up there or somewhere physical. It's not primarily physical, it's primarily spiritual is that position. So I think it's really powerful to remember we serve the risen saviour, you know, alive and in the spiritual realms. Another minor point that comes, our father who's in the spiritual realms. Jesus tells the disciples to go into a quiet place behind closed doors, but then he doesn't say, pray my father, which you think would be more sensible. I'm in my room, just me, my God in the heavenly realms. No, our God. It's still collegiate. It's still remembering that we are part of a body. We're part of a church. We're in this together. Our prayers are still, even though we're behind closed doors in the example, it's just you and God. Remember, you're not on your own. Whatever the circumstances, you're not on your own. He says, don't pray, you know, I suppose I'm paraphrasing this, expanding this. It's not a selfish prayer. It's still an our God prayer. Still an our God prayer. And then in verse 10, we get the, 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 the words, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. God's will is carried out in the heavenly realm. Take it, that must be by, by the angels. But the prayer is, is that his will is also carried out on earth as well. You will be done on earth as it has been done in the heavenly realms. You will be done on earth. So we appreciate what Jesus is saying here. 
He said, I know your will is not done so much on the earth, but I want it to be done more. I want your will to be done more on the earth. He's saying to his disciples, talk to God, find out what his will is, and then do it. You see, people wrongly say and think, well, if it's God's will, it will be done. My dad has a phrase he says all the time, I'll see you on Wednesday, God willing. See you at church on Sunday, God willing. And he he tags that phrase onto the end of lots of sentences. As if as God doesn't will it, it won't happen. And if God does will it, it will happen. But I've got bad news for you. We are constantly thwarting God's will. We are constantly preventing God's will from happening. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 tells us that it is God's will that everybody gets saved. That's his desire. That's what he wants. That's his will. But we all know that doesn't happen. Because of free will. Because each person has got that choice to make. So I really want you to get your head around this. What we see around us is not God's will. What's happening on earth just now is not God's will. Death is not God's will. Disease is not God's will. Evil is not God's will. People dying without him is not God's will. And many, many other things that we and others do every single day is not God's will. Now we actually know this. And yet when bad things happen, we then say, oh well, it must be God's will somehow. Don't do that. Don't make God out to be cruel or stupid or inconsiderate or something else. Jesus says what you should do is work out how you can allow God's will to take place in your life. Send revival, start with me. Allow your kingdom to come. Allow God's will to be done on earth through you as it's done in heaven. Come before God in a quiet place and say, God, reveal your will where I am. Help me to live in your will. Help me to be aligned with your values. Help me to display your will. Allow your kingdom to come through me in my little way. Because if each of us here allow God's kingdom to come through us in our little way, then collectively, people around us may get a little glimpse of God's kingdom. Of his values, of his attitudes, of his will. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven through me. That's my part. And you do that before God to get that revelation to allow you to reveal it. Finally, imagine that. Finally, I've only been going for like you know, two minutes. Finally. I could have picked a whole lot of other stuff, but I'm going to just pick the the words from verse 11. Forgive. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us, or sin against us, whatever version you want to use. It's really interesting the way Jesus phrases this. God, forgive us in the same way 
as we are forgiving others. Are you happy with that prayer? Yeah? Do you think that's okay? I don't mind that prayer. God, forgive us in the same way that we are forgiving others. Is that a prayer you're comfortable with praying? Or do you think, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> no, I want God to forgive us definitely, very differently from the way I forgive others. Forgive us in the same way that I forgive others. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. You know, there are so many stories that I could tell you about from history to push that point. And as I was thinking about this point, the, the, the story that just came straight to my mind was Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. As they nailed him to the cross, as they stabbed that spear in his side, as they ridiculed him, as they hung him in such pain, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus says, remember how much you've been forgiven and forgive others. Do they deserve it? Maybe not. Will this be the seventh time you've forgiven them? Maybe. Forgive them. Protect your heart from corruption. Once again, I, I preached a, a whole sermon on forgiveness. Once again, you can get it online and look at it. Forgiveness protects your relationship with God. It protects your heart from being sullied. You know, right now, I'm struggling with forgiveness with, with uh, an, an individual. And the crazy thing is, this individual has got no idea that I'm struggling with forgiveness. This individual has got no idea that they've done something to upset me. And yet it's corrupting me, potentially. If I don't come before God, if I don't sort it out with God. There's a great quote by a, a very godly man called Watchman Nee. And he says this, Frequently, the enemy entices Christians to harbour an unforgiving spirit. A very common symptom indeed among God's children. Such bitterness and fault finding and enmity inflicts a severe blow upon their spiritual life. I'm going to read that again because it's quite eloquent and quite provocative. Frequently, the enemy entices Christians to harbour an unforgiving spirit, a very common symptom indeed among God's children. Such bitterness and fault-finding and enmity inflicts a severe blow upon your spiritual life. If you would like a severe blow upon your spiritual life, just carry on not forgiving people. It's a work of the devil. It's a work of the enemy. It separates you from God. In some ways it elevates you from, from other people. I'm not going to forgive them. They're terrible. They're worse than me. I'm better than they are. They don't deserve my forgiveness. Because we're all perfect, aren't we? So let me encourage you to forgive, to protect your own heart, your own relationship with God. You know, there is so much in the Lord's Prayer. Not surprising. 
because Jesus taught us how to utilize it. And I want to encourage you to, to study it yourself, to get a book on it, to get a commentary on it, to listen to other sermons on it. There's so many different aspects to it. It's not something to be used in vain repetition, as Jesus says. It's a stimulus. Each part of it is a stimulus to make you consider your relationship with God and your relationship with others. Use it as a sounding board. Use it as a trumpet. Take the phrase, bounce off that, and expand your thoughts in these areas. Because Jesus wants us to live a life close to God and in his will. Thank you.